is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Welcome to Catholic Review Radio. My name is Father Brian Nolan. I'm a priest of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are blessed to have Father Michael Roach with us. Uh, The topic today is Reflections of a Priest, Looking Back at Over 50 Years of Grace. So, special welcome to you, Father Roach. Thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, Father Brian's one of my old students from Mount St. Mary's. I'm very, very proud of the priest that he is, the man he is, and all the great work he's doing. So, I can't believe this is 51 years coming up in May. And you've been out at St. Bartholomew's. Maybe you can get kind of get a little more of the backstory. What drew you to apply for seminary? What drew you to priesthood? Interestingly enough, like many a a Catholic child in the 50s, I was considering the priesthood, I I would think, as early as the fourth grade. Boyhood dreams long ago, as the poem says. And it had to mature. Uh, In Catholic schools in those days, I had a wonderful Catholic education at St. William of York there in Ten Hills, had wonderful Irish and French-Canadian nuns who taught me everything. I mean, honestly, I still draw on what I learned at, at that K-8 school in Cooks Lane there. So wow. I owe them a great debt. And then I went to Loyola High School four years mm-hmm. in Townsend, and that was an eye-opening experience. I learned an awful lot there, too. Had some fine Jesuit teachers and lay teachers as well. And then, mm-hmm. actually, I went to the minor seminary for one year. We parted ways at the end of a year. So I continued <laughs> on Loyola College. Where I got a great education. Again, I loved the college. I had a great time there. I had wonderful teachers and wonderful classmates. And uh, they, all the, all my teachers were so formative of me. I was never a good student, but I was fortunate enough to have excellent teachers, outstanding teachers, from whom I gleaned an awful lot. I owe them everything, as a matter of fact. From kindergarten, from Mother Hortense Mary, to graduate school at Catholic U with John Tracy Ellis. So I owe them wow. everything. And, you, and, you, and your brother's a priest as well. Well, interestingly enough, he had wanted to go to the seminary after eighth grade, and some wise priests and other people said, no, it's too early. Don't go that early. So mm-hmm. he went to Loyola and then entered the Jesuits after getting out of Loyola. And it was great to go to visit him in the, in the seminary in the houses of formation where he was, and uh, we picked up a lot, a lot from there. In those days, you could only see candidates for the Jesuits maybe twice a year. So it was always a very special wow. occasion when we'd move her up from West Baltimore. I grew mm-hmm. up in West Baltimore along Vincent Avenue. Until I was four, I lived by close to St. Bernardine's Church, and then mm-hmm. moved down in 1950 to two blocks past St. William's Church. So I was always always on the West End, which I knew really well, the railroad tracks, the number 14, and the like. The mm-hmm. Great, great class neighborhood, great, great neighbors, fairly diverse. Mm-hmm. And as I said, I learned an awful lot. You never stop learning. I'm, I'm, I'm 76. I'm still learning, believe me. So you were ordained in 1971. What was the church like in 1971? What were some of the joys and challenges as you became a new priest at, at Our Lady of Hope uh, in Dundalk and St. Dominic? Yeah, I was 25 years old when I was ordained. learned all the material, but not, not, the, not the human part. had the book learning, but I had to learn the practical stuff. I had, had four years at Roland Park. Again, had some really great teachers like Raymond Brown, the biblicist, a phenomenal teacher, phenomenal mm-hmm. teacher. I learned an awful lot. Mm-hmm. But now I had to put it into practice. And luckily, I was sent to a marvelous blue-collar parish, Our Lady of Hope in Dundalk, multi-ethnic. And uh, 
uh, people were so welcoming. I mean, once they trusted you, I always said this, once they trusted you, they'd open their veins for you. They were such good right. people. Now, 25 mm-hmm. years old, I don't know anything, but I learned an awful lot from them. And, and from the nuns, we had great nuns there. As a matter of fact, there's still one. The principal was a newly professed sister when I got there in 71. Sister Irene. What community? What community? School Sisters of Notre Dame. I think she's Wonderful. one of the last of their principals in the, in the uh, archdiocese. Splendid sisters, as I say. I learned so much for them. And in those days, there were three priests in the parish, and you had mass for the sisters first in the morning. And that always feed me, you know. If we'd have mass, then we'd have <laughs> So we formed a deep relationship with them. Just a splendid group of sisters there. Again, mm-hmm. beloved in the community, too. You'd see them out walking, and everyone would gather to talk to them. And like When they went to the food store, they could very seldom pay their bill. Somebody would pay their bill for them at the food store. It was a great relationship mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's different now because there's so much shifting. So many of the old steelworking families have moved out out to Hartford County. But uh, in that day, it was phenomenal. With 3,000 families, <laughs> I was there wow. five or six years ago. I didn't have all the names down yet. It was that kind of challenge. But as I say, splendid mm-hmm. people that, that took you to their heart. You know, mm-hmm. I'm still in touch with some of the uh, the families there, uh, which is a great grace. Uh, yeah, it is a grace. Father Buck Quinn, Father Brian Rafferty, they mm-hmm. Father Paul Holthouse. They were all people I was stationed with in that uh, wow. in that rectory. Yeah, a very modern mm-hmm. church for a fairly traditional parish was sort of ironic. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, right, it's a very 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 stark kind of church with people with very mm-hmm. traditional piety. So it was an interesting combination. And then you became pastor at St. Peter's the Apostles Not in yet. Hollands Park and Poppleton. Not yet, or no? Was it St. Dominic's no, after that? School. Went to school. Jack Kinsella said, this is the time to go to school. You want to get that master's degree in church history, you ask for it now. So that oh. let me go to Catholic U, and I lived in Washington for a year. Studied under some phenomenal teachers at Catholic U. Learned an awful lot. Love Catholic University. To this day, I love Catholic University. It's just mm-hmm. a great home, a great, great piece of Catholic Americana there. Uh, even in the spring mm-hmm. when all the kids come on their graduation trips, you know, it's great to see all these kids from all over the country coming to, coming mm-hmm. to the National Shrine. So I had a wonderful time right. there. Learned an awful lot from splendid teachers and uh, and from my peers. And then, huh, actually, I was out at a, uh, I won't say a bar. I was out at a, a some kind of venue in mm-hmm. the valley. I think it was maybe around Halloween. And Joe Luca was there and Father Don McMaster mm-hmm. and Harry Flynn. And uh, Harry said, we need a church history teacher at the mountain. I said, well, I hadn't really thought of teaching church history. I was going to write or edit or something. He said, well, let's see if we can get you up there. And so he got in touch with Archbishop Borders, and I got in touch with Archbishop Borders. He said, fine, good idea. So wow. to get out of the park a day a week or so. So that was eight uh-huh. ago. I've taught them out part-time. A lot, a lot of commuting, a lot of commuting. And, uh, wow. And in the meantime, I was at St. Dominic's. It was a little bit of a haul from St. Dominic's to Emmitsburg. But I had, again, three splendid years there. St. Dominic is a mm-hmm. wonderfully blessed parish. One of the great parishes, Cardinal Sheehan told me, they said, it is one of the great parishes of the Archdiocese. Of course, his great friend Joe Ells had done an awful, done an awful lot in that parish there. They'd gone to mm-hmm. St. Charles together ages ago, ages ago. So <laughs> lots of stories. And the people in St. Dominic's were, were really staunch people. They're very good people, Bohemians and Germans, mainly Italians, and uh an incredibly strong parish. I remember a particular Easter Sunday when there were 2,500 people in church. You know, it's wow. hard to believe now because the demographic shift, certainly, and that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I'm preparing to retire here. I'm going through papers, and all, you know, i got to read every one of them. Some of them are <laughs> splendid people in St. Dominic's. And then I went to St. Peter the Apostle on Holland Street, a venerable old, old, old parish. Mm-hmm. It was uh, built in 1842, but it probably was established as early as 1838. 
because the railroad workers needed a priest to say to say mass for them out at the B and O. For a while, the Sulpicians from Packer Street came, and then eventually the Archbishop got a priest from down in Southern Maryland who had gotten a typhoid. He wasn't expected to live, but he lived indeed. Father well, uh, Malkagan lived for he was pastor for fifty four years, I think. So it was a great well, recovery. Yeah, and he built mm-hmm. the Church of St. Peter the Apostle. It's on the National Register of Historic Places. Of course, it's been sold, but it was great to serve there. And and great, diverse crew of people. Black and white, Serbo-Croatians, Haitians, Irish, mm-hmm. historically, lots of Lithuanians. Many, many stories. Uh, one of the great things, I think one of the things that drew me to the priesthood was as a kid, my father was an old family doctor and treated a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the clergy. And they'd come by the house and, and tell stories and stay for dinner. Mm-hmm. And it was the greatest dinners when the priest came. It was always roast beef. Anyway, uh, I loved all their <laughs> stories. And I think it's the stories that drew me to thinking about the seminary and the priesthood. And uh, to this day, mm-hmm. I, I love stories. Uh, mm-hmm. I gave a paper a couple years ago at some historical society. They said, what kind of historian are you? I said, uh, uh, anecdotal. I like the story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember in, teach, in your church history classes, you would come and we, it, was, it was so fast. We loved the stories. Exactly. People like remember the stories. People remember that's, the stories. That's right. And certainly the Lord Jesus was more than partial to stories. So much of the gospel mm-hmm. is stories that he tells. It entrances the people, you know, it draws them in. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. great. I love the story. And it's also the, the gift of the Irish telling the stories. <laughs> it's that. Yeah, right. It was an oral society, so you told the stories, you know, and you you mm-hmm. you, you knew your genealogy for eight generations, so you didn't intermarry too much. Yeah, mm-hmm. three quarters Irish, but I'm one quarter Eastern Shore Methodist, so it's a great combination of uh, uh, uh-huh. strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. we've got lots of family. You know, uh, the four of us in, in our immediate family: my brother Tommy, the Jesuit, my sister Kathleen, who's a nurse, my myself, and my little sister Susan, uh, who is a teacher, and she rules the roost. She runs things. So uh-huh. this winter we got together. At Christmas, all four of us were together with a lot of the grandkids. Oh, that's wonderful! That's, at our age, that's the gift of the, the gift of family and the the blessing yeah. of years. It's the blessing of years, you know. That's great. That's right. But we are blessed to have Father Roach with us. On uh, the topic is reflections of a priest looking back at over. Uh, 50 years of grace and we'll be back in a moment we're going to talk a little bit more about the stories and continual graces in his priesthood so i'm father brian nolan for catholic review radio we'll be right back Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org accountability. Catholic news from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. As blue sky slipped away, Audrey Powers found herself surrounded by the blackness of space. Looking out a portal in her spacecraft, the 1994 graduate of Mount DeSales in Catonsville could see the cobalt Earth shining from lower Earth orbit. It's an overwhelming feeling of being minuscule next to this huge planet, Powers remembered. 
Powers, Vice President of Mission and Flight Operations for Blue Origin, journeyed into space October 13th aboard New Shepard as part of a team that included William Shatner, the original Star Trek's Captain James T. Kirk. In her current role, she is responsible for all New Shepard flight operations, vehicle maintenance, launch, landing, and ground support infrastructure. She recounted her adventures during a February 16 presentation at Mount DeSales and a February 17 presentation at St. Louis School in Clarksville, of which she is also a graduate. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. New research from public records, congregation, and diocesan archives found that six congregations of the Sisters of Charity Federation have predecessors who own slaves. In a February 7 letter to more than 2,000 sisters whose congregations are members of the Sisters of Charity Federation, Federation leaders said the research shows that two original congregations of charity sisters in the United States owned slaves before slavery was outlawed in 1865. Six of the 13 congregations in the Federation trace their roots to the Sisters of Charity of St. Joseph's, founded by St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmitsburg, Maryland, in 1809. According to the research, led by the archivists for the Daughters of Charity in Emmitsburg, Sisters of Charity of St. Joseph's, and the Daughters of Charity of St. Vincent de Paul, owned and sold enslaved people in Maryland and benefited from slave labor in New Orleans and St. Louis. Quote, We believe that only by shining a light on difficult shared truths can we truly move forward together in unity, the letter stated. The research found that two Maryland congregations owned at least three enslaved people, sold slaves on at least two occasions, and benefited from slave labor. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. From the newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm Kevin Parks. Every child enters the world with limitless potential. Potential of mind. Potential of body. Potential of spirit. If there was only a place where that potential could be nurtured and challenged every day, where the limits of greatness, once unseen, could now be within reach. Catholic Schools Rise Above This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to the Catholic Review Radio. My name is Father Brian Nolan. I'm a priest of the Archdiocese of the Baltimore. We are blessed to have this continuing conversation with Father Michael Roach. The topic today is reflections of a priest looking back at over 50 years of grace and just hear the, the stories and, and the graces just of, of the many places you've served and the way you've served and, and, and the gift of, of your service to, to so many, to so many. Maybe we can welcome back Father Roach. Thank you. Many, many stories from my, my priesthood. When I was at St. Peter's especially, it's a fairly poor parish, but rich in other ways, uh, rich in, in love and fidelity. So one day, I was really working with this family to get their kids baptized, but they were alienated from the church, very angry. And uh, so I was visiting their next-door neighbors, two wonderful old Irish maiden ladies, and I said, look, I, I really need a favor. I'm praying to get your next-door neighbors' kids baptized. What can you do? She said, we'll take care of it. And the next day, the lady, the lady died. And the next day... The father of the family next door came to me and said, Father, we want to have these children baptized. I was like, thank you, Lord. Right from the back. <laughs> right. Wow. Like that happened all the time. <laughs> Many were sad. I remember going to, and it was Holy Week. I come back from the mountain. They said, you got to go see this lady. I said, I hold. 
said, I've got to go see this lady. So uh, she's dying from the AIDS. So I, I went to the house, and, and as I came there, uh, a, a nurse came out. And I said, can I go in? I got, the, I got a cold. She said, Father, this woman's going to die in the next 48 hours. You go in there. It's no wow. problem at all. She said, I'm mm-hmm. so glad to see you. She said, I'm a former sister. I was a Philly Mac, a IHM sister in Philly. And I love that life. And I love this life here, too. So I went in. And it was interesting. The woman, AIDS has very strange uh, side effects. She had turned completely mm-hmm. black. She had, had no color at all. And so we talked. And it was Holy Week. I, I said, well, we'll be praying for you. And and as we were visiting, the kids came in from school, just broke your heart. But she said, Father, I will be there Easter Sunday, and I will be beautiful. She died on Easter wow. Sunday morning. Yeah. yeah oh, oh, beautiful. Said, yeah. I had a great privilege of working with the missionaries of charity. I was their original confessor and mm-hmm. spiritual director. Talk about feeling unworthy. Missionaries, <laughs> <For those laughs> <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful. You were president of Mount Sales Academy, and you were there during the time that it almost closed. Talk about that, because you, I mean, you were a fighter for Mount Sales to keep it open at a very difficult time. Talk a little bit about that story. Yeah, yeah. I've been on the board for 42 years there, 43 years there, mm-hmm. and there were some tough times. The place almost closed. As a matter of fact, one of the reports of the diocese said, opined that Mount Sales and Cardinal Given should be closed. And luckily, luckily, through the, all the nuns were very, very old cloistered nuns, but mm-hmm. there were great parents there, and they were determined their girls would get through that school, and that school would continue opened. So they raised the money, and they did just were persistent, and uh, they saved the school. And at that time, probably had 150 kids in the school. Now they have over 500 from 42 right. dioceses in three, uh, three uh, 42 parishes in three dioceses. So wow. pretty amazing success story. It's extremely Catholic. Catholic identity is first and foremost there. So mm-hmm. it's an inspiration, I think, to uh, other schools. Also, they got nuns there from the South, these wonderful Dominicans from Nashville. That's right. <laughs> and another, another great story. After they left for their initial visit, took them over to the Dominican place on, on uh, Main Choice Lane, and we prayed at the, the graves of the old cloistered sisters there. Okay, they mm-hmm. went back to Nashville and said, Father, we get a thousand requests a year. We probably won't be able to come here. <laughs> a week mm-hmm. later, they called and said, we'll be there. <laughs> the prioress general said she woke, she awakened three times during the night and was told, go to Mount to Sales, go to Mount to Sales. Go wow. To sales. Yeah, so wow. she said, here. And they've been there since. You know, and there were three sisters mm-hmm. initially, seven nuns there. Matter of fact, we had to build a convent for them, which is something that hasn't been done lately, as a matter of fact, in our, in mm-hmm. our church. It's a great, one, one more picture of God's grace. I've always been really interested in Catholic schools. I, I've served really on three different school boards for a total of 50 years between them. So mm-hmm. I really don't want to see the Catholic, the Catholic schools fade. Since I've been a priest, we've closed over 75 Catholic schools, which breaks my heart. We've started right. maybe five. Mm-hmm. But such a valuable tool, and especially in mm-hmm. a very secularized, secularized society that we live in today. Mm-hmm. So, so. so you went from being in West Baltimore, downtown, inner city ministry, to to the country, the St. Bartholomew's in Manchester. Tell me about that transition. Uh, I'll tell you a radical transition in the dead of winter. Oh. I, I was on my way down to Mother Angelica's to visit there. I mean, as far mm-hmm. as, uh, it was January, I mean, as far as Winchester, Virginia, and stayed there. Well, I made the mistake of checking my messages back at the rectory. And mm-hmm. uh, there was some call the diocese, call the personnel board. So I called and they said, we need you to go to St. Bartholomew's. I said, where is St. Bartholomew's? <laughs> one of the only churches I had never seen in this old archdiocese. So mm-hmm. I came in the dead of winter. The greatest transition was it was so quiet. You know, the lack.
loud <laughs> noise. That's right. City. The helicopters are going down to University Hospital and the crime copters circling your rectory and all that. So mm-hmm. it was so deadly quiet and dark. But soon enough, I think I had baptisms that first month, a few baptisms, and I saw what good and loving people they were. And it was a joy ever mm-hmm. since then. You know, they were great to me. I often say in, in 26 years, I've heard voices raised twice in this parish. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Pretty unique, yeah. Grand, mm-hmm. grand, faith-filled people. And, and Carroll County is a pretty faith-filled people to start with. And I've mm-hmm. I've uh, made some great friends with the Protestant ministers up here, too. There's some splendid mm-hmm. ministers from reformed churches that uh, I mm-hmm. really appreciate, like like I never did before. It was one of the things I really learned here. A great mm-hmm. respect and affection for the, uh, the, the deep reformed faith that so many of these churches have. I say I don't agree with their theology, but I see how they got there. So, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you, I mean, you probably are one of the few priests to do extended inner city ministry and then extended ministry in in the country. Yeah. Right. What, what else has been your experience out there well, as a priest, or just the joys? The joys. Well, the joys have been phenomenal. Many, many Baptists. We there's still a lot of big families out here in Carroll County. So uh, mm-hmm. lots of families, lots of uh, baptisms, uh, confirmations, and uh, first communions, and now lots of burials. I've had four funerals in the last two weeks. Oh and yeah. People, even though they're not practicing the faith, often still want the priest there when someone passes. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's pretty impressive. As messed up as things are in the church, sometimes it's still good to see that constant. Yeah, still mm-hmm. want the Lord. And you yeah. and you've always had a a great care for the sick. I mean, you're you're known for going. To the ends of the earth to go visit visit the sick. Even there was a time when I was in the I was in the hospital and there's Father. Roy. I mean, you were all you're always uh, been very good uh, at that. Where did that come from? We conned our way into the hospital to see you that night. Uh, I said, "He's my." <laughs> yeah. he, this was poetically speaking. I said, "He's my brother." Oh, is he's your brother? I said, he's my brother. So they, they let me and uh, Doctor Jenny Wu in. I guess it came from my father, who was a doctor. My mother was a nurse. My grandfather was oh. a doctor. My uncle was a doctor. I think I have like mm-hmm. seven doctors and nine or ten nurses in my family. So there was something. Mm-hmm. I remember as a kid, the phone ringing in the middle of the night. My father putting his clothes and going out to see somebody. You know, you just you got to respond. You got to answer that phone. You know, and you got to get mm-hmm. out there. So maybe they're mm-hmm. less content. And I try to impart that to the, the seminarians up at the mount. I talk about the poverty of availability. You know, you mm-hmm. got to be ready to go. You got you got to be there. You know, you're not there for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same with mm-hmm. the liturgy. You know, you're not there for yourself. It's not a stand-up comedian that you're. You know, you let the you let the uh, power shine through. It's the Lord Jesus there. It's not me. It's the Master. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I've learned a lot. I'm still learning, and uh, even when I leave mm-hmm. the parish, I hate to do because the uh, the parish is the real flesh and blood, the color and flash mm-hmm. of the church. But but hey, comes the time. I'll be when I retire. I'll be seven days from being being seventy-seven years old. So. That was amazes us about all four of us still being here. We're not a long-lived tribe. We're those bad Irish mm-hmm. vessels, but God has His ways. You know. <laughs> uh, what, what are you looking forward to in the in the next steps? Ha! Ah, keeping in touch, getting myself re- more ready spiritually. Mm-hmm. Maybe writing some more. I don't know. I don't. I'm more, mm-hmm. I more write talks and write articles. So, uh, but you know, God's always been good to me, so I have no doubt that that, one, that will continue in spades. You mm-hmm. know, so. And is will you be a, if you're going to the seminary? Yes. Uh, and uh, my my sister, the, the social one, ran into our church laureate something recently, and he, mm-hmm. he said, "Now we're not retiring your brother. We're just setting him up to the mouth so he can have more influence on our young priests and mentor them." <laughs> That's right. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's that's great. And and Archbishop Laurie is very good to his priests. I I think a lot of Archbishop Laurie, yeah, good mm-hmm. good man, been good to me. So yeah. my last project here is building a graveyard. I never thought I'd do that. I never thought I'd build a church. Wow. But, uh, well, you built a beautiful thing. church. Oh, what God, a beautiful, church, what a beautiful church. legacy of a gift of, of a beautiful church for your people. What a gift. What good people. What good people. It's, they've been mm-hmm. very easy to work with. And we just paid the debt off. Sometimes I thought they left me here just to pay this darn debt. We paid, <laughs> this, paid this for a $6 million debt. But, uh, wow. But ways, you know, in his will is our peace. Yeah. So, uh, do, do you have any great. words of wisdom for, for, a young, for a young man who might be considering priesthood? Ask for generosity. Ask for generosity. Deep faith. But the other seminarians, God help us, I say three rules. Love your people. Say your prayers. Be prudent in your relations with others. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Be circumspect. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right. And your people will love you. Your people will love you. That's one thing you, we didn't realize when we were in the seminary. When you, you, even in your deacon year when you first have your first assignment, people are crazy about you. They're so good. We had mm-hmm. a, a wonderful international student here from Cameroon a couple of years ago, and Carroll County is not particularly racially enlightened. They were mm-hmm. crazy, this young man. The kids wow. followed him around like the Pied Piper. He had invitations to dinner all the time, and I'm investing mm-hmm. him for the asking with this. Uh, this is oh, but God is good. What a, God is good. what a great grace. Well, well, we are blessed to have Father Michael Roach, this Reflections of a Priest Looking Back over, over 50 Years of Grace. So thank you for joining us, and blessings on your next few months at St. Bart's and and on retirement. Thank you for joining us today. My joy, my joy, believe me. God bless you. You're a wonderful host. Bye. Amen. Well, I'm Father Brian Nolan for Catholic Review Radio. May God bless you. You're probably not getting much church news in your daily newspaper or on your local TV station. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. There are so many ways to stay in touch with the Catholic Review. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Catholic Review Media will inspire, teach, inform, and engage you wherever your faith takes you. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.